Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. You're listening to BGN Radio with Brandon Lee Gowton and Jimmy Kemsky. everybody, what's going on? It's BGN Radio episode number 98, basically the second half of our podcast from earlier this week. I'm Jim Kemsky with phillyvoice.com. With me, as always, is Brandon Lee Gowden of Bleeding Green Nation. Brandon, how you doing, buddy? How's the Christmas? Jimmy, had a great Christmas. Everyone's in a good mood with the Eagles beating the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. Of course, family's all happy. Uh, got to watch the Sixers dominate the Bucks. That was a smackdown. Christmas. That was awesome. Uh, Love to see that. So, good Christmas all around. The Eagles, as you mentioned, uh, are now in sole possession of first place in the NFC East after having beaten the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, went into that pretty thoroughly in the last uh, half pod. And uh, they're heading into what is essentially like their fourth playoff game. <laughs> I mean, obviously they're not playing playoff caliber teams, but it's been kind of like, you know, win or you're done uh, for the last three games. So this is their fourth. Well, at least it turned out that way because the Cowboys beat the Rams in that one game. But they're heading into their fourth big pressure game. And uh, they're playing a team that they have absolutely owned over the years. They've won, what, six in a row, 10 out of the last 11. And then if you even go back further than that, it's been just pure dominance for like the last, I don't know, what, like 10 years, is it? They have 19 wins in their last 23 meetings. Yeah, okay. So that's, <laughs> I think that would qualify. They're facing off against uh, Daniel Jones, of course, this this time around, as opposed to Eli Manning. I remember at the time, I thought that uh, that was a break in the Eagles' favor, which went a little bit against the uh, grain. I think some people were were thinking that Daniel Jones would be the better matchup. I don't think so at all. I think Daniel, Daniel Jones is clearly the better player. Uh, but before we get to all that, the Eagles had some news since the last pod. First and foremost, they sent Ronald Darby to injured reserve with his hip flexor injury. Ronald Darby, is he back next year? I don't think so. He's missed so many games now out of the possible ones he could have played here. So he's, he's on IR. Obviously, he, he missed some games earlier this year. Like He's been hurt way too much for them to really count on him, and they only resigned him for that one-year deal. I don't think he's back. It was pretty interesting, too. After he went on IR, one of the national reporters, I don't remember if it was Rappaport or Schefter or whatever. It was Rap Sheet. Okay. They, they said that he's probably healthy again in four weeks, which is basically a message to the rest of the league that it's not some kind of long-term injury. But it's interesting mm-hmm. that that came out. So that's obviously a conversation. So it's interesting that, that came out because the if that's true, then in a hypothetical situation where the Eagles make it all the way to the Super Bowl, he's healthy, but they can't bring him back because you have to be on IR for at least eight games. <laughs> like, I don't know if that agent is just blowing smoke or if uh, the Eagles felt that that open roster spot was you know, sort of a necessity to have. And if the Eagles activate Deshaun, they won't have another IR spot anyway because they already used the first one on Stroud. Right, exactly. He's missed 22 games is what he's missed. Okay. Way, since yeah. He's, yeah, so that's a lot. I mean, while we're on that, while we're on the, is he on the roster in 2020? How about you want to, how about if I give you a guy at each position and you tell me if they're on the 2020 roster or not? 
I guess I'll do it. All right. <laughs> uh, should we go uh, your opinion or uh, what you think they'll do? Will they or should they? I'll quickly say both. All right, quarterback, Nate Sudfeld. Should be back, will be back. I think he should be back. I don't know if he will be back. Hmm. I think he will be back. He's not going to get any opportunities anywhere else. Running back, yeah. uh, Jordan Howard. I, I think he might want to sign somewhere else, given an opportunity. So I, I, I think he won't be back. He should be back if it's very cheap, but I don't think he will be. So I'm going to say no to both. I'm going to say should be, will be. Mm-hmm. Uh, wide receiver. <laughs> <laughs> How about uh, number 17? Should be back, yes, just because of the money. Screw that. Shouldn't be back, won't be back. I agree. You know, I think they might be in a situation where they trade him with an asset just to get him out. Mm-hmm. Because it's a difference of $26 million in dead money if you cut him versus $16 million in dead money if you trade him. And I think that $10 million is going to be worth, I don't know. I, did we discuss this before? Yeah, I, I was the one who like gave you this like idea. I fifth round pick. Trying to make it like your own idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all I do. No. That's fine. <laughs> Tight end. Uh, how about the uh, new acquisition, Dick Rod? I would say they will resign him to an offseason contract. <laughs> but I, will say, I will say he shouldn't be back because they should ride with Alex Ellis next year, baby. I agree. Or or anyone. Right. Find somebody. Show me some creativity. So I'm with you there. I think they actually will sign him again during the offseason. I guess we should mention they did, yeah, they did resign Richard Rodgers to the roster here, one of these roster moves. All right. Offensive tackle. Oh, uh, Big V. Shouldn't be back. Won't be back. And and shouldn't be back as like, I don't mean that because he's not good. I mean, like, shouldn't be back because you should take the comp pick that you'll get for him. And how about JP? Uh, won't be back. Shouldn't be back. Agreed. Uh, guard, Matt Pryor. <laughs> <laughs> Digging deep. Uh, should be back. Will be back. I don't know if he makes the team. I don't know. We'll see. Well, I'm saying for the offseason, I guess. Oh, so well, you're saying for the for, next. I mean, there's no reason yeah. not to bring him back for the offseason. Right. Six-round pick. He doesn't, he doesn't cost any money. Yeah. He should be challenged for sure. All he right. should have a chance to make the roster. Jason Kelsey. This is more of a should question. Like, is he going to retire or not? Do, do, do you think he retires? Nope. Yeah, me neither. Uh, defensive end. Sharif Miller. Does he make the team next year? No. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it's a bad fourth round. He's the pick. seventh. No, he's like the eighth defensive end right now, he, or seventh. He's been one active for one game, and he didn't play. I might be with you there. I don't think he makes the team either. Uh, linebacker Nigel Bradham. I think he will be back, but I think in a perfect world he shouldn't be back. Well, I don't think they're going to pick up his option. Whether he finds good money elsewhere, who knows? But he's not going to make what he would make if the Eagles picked up his option. He might be back if he just doesn't get interest. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't think he's back. I think I think somebody will like him. They'll sign him. All right, cornerback. We already did Darbs, so yep. let's go. Wait, we already did Darbs, so we'll, we'll just go to safety. Yep. Rodney McLeod. Well, I think I think Malcolm is. We'll do both of them. Why not? Rodney. Uh, Rodney, I think will be back. I do too. Schwartz loves Schwartz. Low key loves McLeod. McLeod doesn't really get like that. He's like the Schwartz guy mm-hmm. thing, but he, oh God, yes, he is. I think he should be back because I think his market will be reasonable. Agreed. And Malcolm? I think he absolutely should be back. I think he's way more important than people realize. I don't know if, I don't know if McLeod should be back. His market might be reasonable, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, does he really give you that much? And I, I like Rodney. Like, he's a really good dude, too. They, I will say they need to draft a safety. They absolutely 100% need to draft a safety. Like, they have to have a plan at this point. It's kind of irresponsible that they don't already. All right, so that was a little detour from the roster moves. <laughs> roster move 
<laughs> roster move number two. Uh, Jay Ajayi's gone. No brainer. Yeah, he was he was cooked. He didn't play a single snap the past two games. Yeah. Even though he was active. He was just a waste of a roster spot. Like He's not giving you anything. And they signed a Brandon Lee Gowden favorite. Wide yes. receiver, Deontay Burnett. Well, quickly on Dick Rod is that uh, how do you feel about them? See, I think like the move to bring him back is a little interesting in the context of like you know, oh, they brought Jordan Matthews the back. Yeah, and the and the, uh, the injury ramifications there. That too, but like they brought Matthews Jordan Matthews back, and that was like a mistake. And they brought Jay Jai back, and that was a mistake. It's like, well, <laughs> right. is this going to be a mistake with Richard Rodgers? Because like Alex Ellis looked better in the preseason, and even was doing a good job as like a little role player early this season. Yeah, when they like were asking him to be block a fine. Back. Yeah, like that's one thing I think about that move. It's kind of like, why would you go through those things and then do this? Like when you could have just promoted Ellis. Yeah, so, I agree. You're right there. I think about that. I, I will say he's. I, th- I think they signed him because they don't think, rightfully, they don't think that Josh Perkins can block. He got blown up on one of those plays specifically to. I, I think it was the Boston Scott and the Cowboys game. Like it was just so clear. Like if, if Boston Scott gets a, a decent block there, like it's at least I don't know a five yard gain, if not like a first down. Instead, it's like a, a negative three. Yeah. Yeah, and I guess Ertz is probably not going to play. Safe to say. I don't know. They haven't really signed guys as a precaution. Like, they mm-hmm. usually wait too long, and then they sign a guy like a day or two before the game when they realize, uh-oh, this guy isn't going to play. So it is a little bit out of the ordinary for them to sign a guy in, as early in the week as they did here. So maybe that's a bad sign for Ertz. But I think what can happen maybe is Ertz is like a game-time decision. I don't think that you can, you know, enter into a game, have a guy like Ertz on the bench, and then the second quarter comes around, and then at that point you decide, uh oh, the offense looks like garbage. <laughs> Get in there and save the day, Ertz. Like I don't think that really works. So I think you gotta either if he's gonna play, you play him from snap one until however long he can go, uh, or you don't play him at all. With the way the Giants defend him, I mean they just leave him wide open sometimes. So <laughs> right, he kills them. He's got like a streak of. I want to say like five games with at least a touchdown reception. Since entering the league in 2013, Zach Ertz has been the most productive wide receiver or tight end against the New York Giants. Really? Okay. He, he ranks first in targets, first in receptions, first in yards, second in touchdowns, uh, first in first downs. This. But is that because he plays them twice a year? Well, I guess in part, but this is from uh, Michael Kiss. It's just counting stats, right? And it's since he's been yeah, in the league? Yeah, but they're, they're high. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Right. But I mean, it's, it's better than anyone else in the division now. Yeah. He's killed them. And it's crazy, like, as you mentioned... How like wide open he was against the Giants when he was literally the only person that could possibly beat them. <laughs> like what a terrible, what a garbage team that has to be to to root for these days. Mm-hmm. They're just awful. GM level, front office level, head coach level, the players on the field, it's all trash. Yep. Like a lot of the players are like hateable. Like Sa- <laughs> like Saquon Barkley is like awesome. Like that's one yeah. guy that you can kind of hang your hat on. And I think like Daniel Jones is a guy that you can kind of like get behind. Like he took, yeah. you know how much crap he took after he got picked. Like he didn't say, yeah. he didn't say boo about it. He said nothing. He just handled it great. Yep. But other than those two guys, like, mm, well, who's likable on that team? Oh, you're not a big Golden Tate fan. Um, not really. But Jimmy, getting back to you, most importantly, Deontay Burnett. Yes. Who you mentioned here? Who the Eagles only signed what, like, uh, twelve? It was actually like two weeks ago, I think, from today or so. When they brought him on with the practice squad, you mean? 
Yeah, they signed him yeah. to the practice squad. It was the same day they promoted Robert Davis to the active roster. Right. You know, this is a guy, he was undrafted free agent from USC, and then he was on the Jets roster last season. You said he had, what, 10 receptions for uh, a buck 40? I was, I, I made Jimmy watch his highlights from the Jets that I tweeted out, the video that you can watch on Twitter at Brandon Gowden. I swear to you, listeners, and to Jimmy here, that some of those catches I've seen Deontay Burnett make are like they would qualify in the top five Eagles catches of wide receivers this year. Like I am convinced that would that would absolutely be true. I did watch them, and I am inclined to agree that they'd be near the top, at least top ten, right? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. One oh, of them is sure. at least in the yeah, top ten. There really yeah. aren't that many. For and we're talking specifically wide receivers here. So like, yes, like the Dallas Goddard one hand catch uh, a couple weeks ago. The Dallas Goddard catch in Dallas, was it? That was better. Uh, but from the wide receiver position, like I thought like the Aguilar catch at the end of the Falcons game, not the one that he dropped on the sideline, obviously, but the one late in <laughs> the game where Wentz just kind of chucked it up. Yeah, like Hail Mary type deal. That was a great catch. And yeah. the J.J. over the head catch was a really nice catch. Against the Giants, yeah. I couldn't really think of many other <laughs> you know, good wide receiver catches. Like like the, like the Greg Ward catch in the end zone over Josh Norton Nor, Nor, uh, over Josh Norman was nice, but it wasn't like anything spectacular. It was good. He made a nice play. I mean, he made, yeah, it wasn't. He made a nice play. What can you say? The guy made a nice play. You got to give it to him. He made a nice play. A lot of people were mad that they didn't call up Mark and Michelle instead of Deontay Burnett. <laughs> Did you have you gotten any of that? That was also apparent when they. Um... They did Davis instead of him, too. Yes, yes, yes. Well, he wasn't even on the uh, practice squad yet, was he, Michelle? Yeah, he was. Oh, okay. Like, barely, like a week. Okay. Yeah, I'm fine with it. So, I mean, he has some experience. He has pro, he has pro experience. He was, I think that was Jets were his third team last year. Like, the, I think he was signed originally as an undrafted free agent with the Titans. Mm-hmm. And then I think he went to the Niners, was it? Something like that. And then the Jets, and the Jets called him up. I mean, those 10 catches weren't in... Like a high number of games, he only played like five games or something like that, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. I mean, not that two catches a game is <laughs> awesome, but on this receiving core, it is <laughs> right. You're basically Jerry Rice by comparison. So let's go. Let's move on to the injuries. Eagles mm-hmm. uh, injury report uh, came out on Wednesday. We're recording on Thursday, by the way. The injury report for Thursday has not come out yet. So if we're behind here, apologies in advance. But uh, there was no practice for Lane Johnson, Zach Ertz, or. Uh, Nelson Aguilar on Wednesday. So we'll see how they go. We discussed Ertz already. I don't think Aguilar goes. I think there's a chance yeah. Lane Johnson plays. Mm. We'll see. The problem with this injury, the high, any any high ankle injury, it's not a situation where it's just pain management. So there's a lot of injuries where if you can just deal with the pain and play through it, then great. And it, like it, it won't get worse. But this is an injury that will get worse if you play on it and it's not fully healed. If you're the Eagles and you're Lane Johnson, you kind of have to weigh the value of him playing this game versus, you know, further damage that he can do to his ankle, thus making him questionable in the future potential playoff games. I just sit him personally. Yeah. You look at the Giants pass rush and it's garbage. <laughs> so like and Big B's fine. Like he's playing well. Like when he when he goes into games knowing that he's the starter, I feel like there's a significant difference in those games than there are when he's just coming in cold unexpectedly off the bench for Jason Peters, for example. I think he's been good. Yeah. Hasn't been an issue. You didn't really hear him mentioned much in the last couple games, which for him is what you what you're looking for. 
and they 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 did some things to help him. I think. Sure. I think he's fine as a as a one game stopgap against the Canadians. At, at the same time, though, if you lose, the season's a disaster. So like, yeah, you know, so you can't get like too overconfident with you know not playing a star player in favor of a guy who is decidedly not that. It's a precarious position for sure. <laughs> Giants injuries. There's no practice for starting right tackle Mike Remmers, who is just kind of like a journeyman guy that's been around the league. Always seems to start wherever he goes, but nobody ever really wants to hang on to him very long. Uh, linebacker Alec Ogletree. It's not playing. The Eagles have killed him in the passing game in the past. Uh, Lorenzo Carter did not practice. Uh, probably one of their better pass rushers. I think he has four and a half or five and a half sacks on the season. So if he can't go, all the more reason not to play Lane Johnson. And Corey Ballantyne, who is a uh, rookie corner, six-round pick, I think. He have like yep. a family member get yeah. shot. Is that, did we talk about him on the last pod? I don't remember, but yes, he did. It was around like OTAs or minicamp or something. And then for the Giants, they also have, I mean, the, Eagles, the Giants can't go toe-to-toe with the number of Eagles on injured reserve. But just mm-hmm. to mention the guys on injured reserve, uh, Evan Ingram there, the tight, the tight end there is, is on injured reserve. And uh, Jabril Peppers, who is worth a first-round pick to David Gettleman, apparently, is uh, also on IR. And they cut Janoris Jenkins recently for insensitive comments uh, mm-hmm. that he was totally unapologetic for once he was called out on them. <laughs> And then with, with those guys gone now, so with Jenkins gone and Jabril Peppers gone, like their secondary is, you know, one old guy, Antoine Bethea. And then they have three rookies uh, playing at safety and at the other safety and corner spots. And one second year guy who is uh, basically a rookie because he was a supplemental pick. So Sam Beal is a, a guy who was a second round, uh, I'm sorry, a third round supplemental pick in 2018. He hurt his shoulder, went on IR like first or second day of training camp last year, missed the whole season. And then this year he was on IR to start the season, came back after like week nine, I think it was, and he's played like six career games. So he, it's you can make the argument that he's actually even behind some of the other rookies on this team. The, they have Julian Love, a rookie from Notre Dame, starting in place of Peppers. They have DeAndre Baker, first-round pick out of Georgia, who's been horrendous this year. Uh, he's starting a corner. Corey Valentine, as we mentioned, is uh, I guess their nickel. He's starting, and then um, uh, Beal is starting at uh, at the other at the other outside corner spot. So, you know, we talk about how the Eagles receivers are, you know, JJ and Ward and Robert Davis, and they're pretty much going to be overmatched against anyone they play against this team. I'm not so sure about that. I think they might actually have an advantage over <laughs> over this. Uh, Giants secondary, it's, again, one old guy and four rookies. Giants rank 31st in pass defense DVOA. Mm-hmm. They rank 29th in opponent yards per pass attempt. And as you're pointing out here, like these numbers were acquired with, in theory, some better players. You know, like Janoris Jenkins was playing when these numbers were accumulated right. largely. And, and, and Peppers. And Peppers. So, I mean, they could potentially be even worse off, as you're saying here. And then, you know, like, look, Carson Wentz has been hot. Uh, he has a passer rating of 101.7. In his last four starts in December here. So, yeah, even with these wide receivers not, these Eagles wide receivers not being incredibly inspiring, it's still a defense they should be able to pass on. And then, for as bad as their pass defense is, their run defense is not bad. They rank eighth in run defense DVOA, fifth in opponent yards per rush attempt. They obviously have all those uh, stout defensive linemen like a Leonard Williams, uh, a Dalvin Tomlinson. They have guys who can stop the run, basically. So this shouldn't be like... And Dexter Lawrence. And Dexter Lawrence. This isn't like a a game where you're like, 
you know, why isn't Doug running more? But with that said, I mean, the running back should still be in, involved here. You know, both Miles Sanders. Well, first of all, Miles Sanders has just been great. So <laughs> you don't want to limit his touches. But him and Boston Scott accounted for 10 receptions and 93 receiving yards in that Giants game. So even if they're not running the ball, they should obviously be a factor in the passing attack. Yeah, if I can rattle off some more Giants passing game numbers. Uh, poser passing rating, uh, 29th. Uh, pass rating of 102.4. Passing TDs allowed, 29 of them. That's 25th in the NFL. Percentage of pass attempts resulting in a first uh, resulting in a first down, 38%. That's 28th in the NFL. Completion percentage allowed, 70, uh, 67%, 28th. Uh, pass plays of 20-plus yards, they've allowed 62 of them. That's 27th somehow. It's only 27th. Uh, pass plays of 40-plus yards, they've allowed 14 of them. That's 28th. They don't have to worry about that with the Eagles. Uh, interceptions, 10, that's 20th in the NFL. Sacks, 35, that's 21st in the NFL. They're just bad defensively and against the pass, basically across the board. Um, so let's take a break here, and then we'll come back, and we'll look at the other Eagles-Giants matchups for this quasi-playoff game coming up this Sunday. And a surprise. We will be back at this. Back here on BGN Radio, episode 98. I know you were waiting with bated breath during that commercial break about the surprise that I teased. Jimmy, one thing we, we kind of forgot to mention with the Jay Ajayi release is because Jordan Howard is going to be oh, back. Oh, right. That's kind of significant. Should, we probably, should, we, mention we probably that. should have mentioned that, yes. So that's kind of one of the things that I put up in my column on Bleeding Green Nation, things to watch this week. Like, And it was something that Doug Peterson was asked about on Thursday. Like, How is the running back rotation going to look against the Giants? And basically, Doug had to say, you can listen to it yourself in the At the Podium podcast here on the Bleeding Green Nation podcast feed but basically what he had to say is that he doesn't see the offense changing much at all and he confirmed that Miles Sanders and Boston Scott are still going to have a role and Jordan Howard is kind of getting caught up and isn't necessarily going to be the major guy coming back how much do you buy that Jimmy well he's practiced all along he just couldn't do much with his arm Mm -hmm. because he had nerve damage so there are certain movements that he couldn't make with his arm and he wasn't clear for contact, but he still practiced every day. So it's not like he's going to be out of shape. And he's still, like, involved in, you know, runs of the offense and whatnot. So I don't think there's really any – there's no catching up. <laughs> he's, he's caught up. He's fine. It's just, you know, it'll be maybe an adjustment to his body taking hits again. But it's I don't think it's really, like, a situation where he's going to – he's not going to forgotten how to play football. So I think he's going to have a role. I think he's probably going to eat up most of the role that – Boston Scott had, mm. but I really, yeah, I yeah. wonder. I mean, I'm kind of interested to see. I think he's, I think you know, Boston will still play a little bit, but I think his snaps are going to be down quite a bit. Miles Sanders' snaps will be down a slight amount, but I don't think they're going to be taking him much off the field much the rest of the way because and he's proven to be, you know, their most yeah, easily their most explosive player on offense and their biggest threat to make a play. So like, you're not going to take that guy off the field much. But when you do, I would imagine it'll be more Jordan Howard than it'll be Boston Scott. Yeah, I think Scott still needs to have a role, especially because he's just, you know, more of an actual pass catcher than Jordan Howard really is. I think there's a role for Jordan Howard in the sense of, you know, short yardage, uh, goal line. We saw he was great there earlier this year. Mm-hmm. The second half of the game, if, you, if the Eagles are the oh, sure. have a luxury. Yeah, just batter him, of, yes. Yeah, yes. if he can be the guy who kind of salts the game away for you. Like, there's definitely a role, yes. but I, I don't know. I'm kind of thinking 
it's definitely interesting, you know, because he was like the lead rusher on this team before he got hurt. And I think he's going to have a like reduced role compared to, to back then. Okay. But we'll see. I'm interested. The other running back, they're pl- the running back they're playing this week, Saquon Barkley. He's kind of good. He's, he's kind of good again. Like, yeah, he, uh, he was having a rough season until the last couple weeks. He, he by the way, he, he was a major factor in, not because everyone really cares about my fantasy football league, but he was a major factor in making me lose my championship game on Sunday. So uh, I'm not going to forgive him for a, little, for a little while. But the last time he Are you going to ask him about that after the game? Oh, <laughs> well, were you there when I asked Miles about that? No. Oh, yeah, because no, he screwed me too. Like, I would have won if Miles Sanders didn't just take a knee. What did he say? He was like, well, I didn't ask it. I didn't frame it as if like he screwed over me. I framed Uh-oh. it like, uh, you realize what you did to a lot of fans football owners, right? Coward. <laughs> it was very cowardly. And he just goes, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the right answer. And in the back of my mind, I'm like, I'm like, jerk. Because <laughs> <laughs> I lost by four. So the mm. touchdown alone would have would have put me over. You have to tell uh, Zebram about it. Zebram was looking for people who lost. Oh, did he? That. Okay, yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But Saquon. So did you realize that like the last time the Eagles played him in the seven games prior to that game, his yards per carry average was I think it was like two point nine. Yeah. Well, he's playing behind a crappy offensive line as usual, but he had uh, an ankle injury himself, and for some idiotic reason, the Giants brought him back early. Mm-hmm. In, a, in an already lost season and also forget an already lost season just you, they could have just taken a, a look at their roster and known they weren't going to compete for a Super Bowl this year so you know what are you doing what are you doing like bringing this you know basically the best player by far on your team back early for what's going to be a non-Super Bowl or even playoff competing season uh, but they did and he wasn't good when he came back or at least he was slowed when he came back and uh, the Giant or the Eagles did a good job on, against him in uh, Week 14, but the last mm-hmm. two weeks he blew up. So they played what the Dolphins and Washington. Washington. So we're not talking about two good defenses here, but he put up 422 yards from scrimmage against those two teams, and very much we forget like the numbers. Did you watch the highlight reel of him the last two games? And there's four touchdowns He's too. Ridiculous, I mean, he was dude! Exploding. <laughs> He's so good. So I think it's going to be a bigger challenge this week than it was the last time around. Jim Schwartz is of the opinion that he was 100% healthy when they played him last time. I don't nope. think I buy that. Um, I think he clearly looked a lot better in the last two weeks. Just looking at him, he looks better yes. than uh, you know on the eye test than he did against the Eagles that Week 14 game. So you know the Eagles had a big, big defensive game uh, Week 16 against Ezekiel Elliott, and they're going to have to, you know, maybe even do even, do even better against uh, Saquon here. Yeah, it's going to be a tough one for sure. Uh, so they did limit him to 17 carries for 66 yards under uh, it's 3.9 average, and then the three receptions for one yard. So they, they did do a good job against him. And you just mentioned the Zeke thing too. They did, they did a really good job against Zeke. They did the best job they've ever done against Zeke. So, uh, so I'd say some encouraging signs there. But uh, in some terrible news, the Eagles' defense happens to play a lot more poorly on the road for whatever reason yeah. than it does at home. Again, mm-hmm. they're they're allowing 29 points per game on the road as opposed to just under 17 at home. So kind of an issue. Did you see the Daniel Jones home and away splits, by the way? I didn't see those. He is ridiculously better on the road. Interesting. Like it's a super small sample size, obviously. Well, I think that proves Giants fans are trash. <laughs> right. 
he got booed at the draft, so he's afraid to play in front of them. <laughs> you know what's funny? You hear, like, booed at the draft for, like, 10 years about Donovan McNabb. I don't think I've heard it once during the season this year about the Giants fans. And yet I heard <laughs> uh, Philly fans booing Santa from a Milwaukee Bucks writer yesterday. <laughs> Do you know who that guy is? I have no idea, but apparently he was just trying to make a joke, a lighthearted joke. Oh, okay. It failed. <laughs> it failed, and it's also like, okay, sorry. Sorry we, <laughs> they weren't applauding an opposing player in Giannis. <laughs> right. Really? <laughs> and, and, and also, why are Giannis and Santa Claus similar? <laughs> what is the similarity there? Like, I, I like Giannis. He's awesome. But, like, yeah. like, you know, like if I'm, I'm a hardcore Sixers fan... Supposed to cheer the best player on the other team, who, by the way, you're probably going to face in the playoffs if you're going to you're going to do anything this year. And then he sucked in the game. Yes, he didn't even entertain you. He sucked. You should be booing him. <laughs> anyway, all right. Uh, Daniel Jones, as mentioned before, I think Daniel Jones is good. Newsflash: He's better than Eli for sure. Like, I don't, I don't think he's legitimately good. As in, like, he's already here and he's awesome. But like, based on what I've seen from him, and yeah, sort of the turnovers and mistakes are there. I don't know. I, I, I think he might actually kind of be like good. So he has his three games already this year where he has at least four touchdowns, no interceptions, and over 300 yards passing. Yeah. <laughs> Which is pretty impressive. And he's got a fourth one where he had two touchdowns, no interceptions, and over 300 yards passing. He just passes the eye test. So he, he can have these big games. The problem is, and I believe it's correctable, like I believe it's correctable for Carson Wentz, is he fumbles a lot. Mm-hmm. What he does do that Carson doesn't do much of is he throws a lot of interceptions too. So he's tied for yes. second in the NFL in uh, turnovers by an individual player. Number one, by a landslide. <laughs> Jameis Winston. Jameis Winston. By the way, did you see that tweet? I don't remember who had it, but they, they, they wrote in the tweet body part, like, uh, this is conversations that GMs are going to have about signing Jameis Winston this offseason. And it was the clip from The Office. It's, oh, yeah, it's yeah, yeah. Will Ferrell, the guy from The Hangover. Yeah, Andy from yeah, The Office. Yeah, Andy, yeah, yeah. And yeah. they're trying to sell paper and... Uh, I did well, see this. Well, it's very like, true. This is either going to be the best decision of your life if you use us for your paper needs, or the worst decision of your life. But the clip, the clip, I'm not going to do it justice. Uh, find the clip of Will Ferrell and Andy trying to sell this guy paper. Best decision, worst decision, and it's awesome. Because he's James Winston. By the way, you realize he's going to throw for over five thousand yards this year. Yeah, man. <laughs> Bruce Arians. He's already he can at. work miracles. I think he's over 4,900. So do you think there's a fair comp here at all between Jameis and no, Daniel Jones? No, 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 no. In, in the sense of like they're both kind of like chaos. Like it's it's either like they're going to – they're almost like hot and cold, I guess. Like you're either going to get – Jameis just throws the ball down the field. I don't think Jam- Daniel Jones is doing that as much. Jameis is worse for sure. But I think <laughs> I think there's something to – like it's a chaos element. 4,908 he has. Okay. <laughs> Hey, I mean, he's throwing the ball way down. Like his yards per his yards per attempt is eight point two, which on paper looks great. But of course, when you're getting picked off twenty eight times, then that kind of offsets that. Daniel Jones' yards per attempt is six point six. But he ranks second in NFL Next Gen Stats aggressiveness percentage. Okay, which kind of that's what fits the eye test to me, especially with Eli. You know, Eli's not aggressive, especially at this stage in his career. He's going to check the ball down into oblivion. He's going to get rid of the ball fast. Daniel Jones is going to hold on to the ball. That's part of why he fumbles so much. He has the uh, he ranks thirty first at thirty nine quarterbacks in time to throw this season. Four, uh, two point eight six. Two. I got two point seven two. Is that what you did? You just guess that number? Or is no, two point eight six is what is what they had on next gen this morning. Anyway. Okay. Um. So yeah, different outlets. 
uh, different stats. But but either way, that's why. He, but that's about where they had him ranked as well. Yeah, that's that's why though he's fumbling, and he's also he also so in his last seven games he has. 24 sacks, so he gets sacked a lot too. It's like, you know, mm-hmm. buddy Dwayne Haskins over right, there, right. and he has 13 fumbles. So now the upside to that is he'll hold on to the ball, and sometimes someone gets open downfield and he makes a play, like, like yes. just like Carson Wentz. Yes. Um, other times he can <laughs> fumble way too much, and it's kind of a problem. And he's pretty careless with the ball too. Like they're, yes. like the Jamal Adams play when they played the Jets, where Jamal Adams just ran up and, first of all, Jamal Adams trucked Saquon Barkley, was trying to, trying to block him in pass protection. Jamal Adams just said, I'll take that. Thanks. And, <laughs> and he just walked ran, to the end he zone. Just for a touchdown. He just took it away from him. It was it was worse than the Orlando Skander play against the Jets. For sure. Luke Falk. Yeah, like Skander jumped and like kind of had to make some effort. Like <laughs> Jamal Adams almost yeah, just like just, ran yeah. by like it was a handoff. Yeah, he was going to tackle him and then he just saw the ball and went, you know what? I'm just going to grab this instead and, <laughs> and run for a touchdown. It wasn't even a struggle. Yeah. He just said, oh, thanks. Bye. <laughs> But in order to get to Daniel Jones' segue mm-hmm. here, they're going to have to get a better effort out of their pass rush, which has been pretty quiet. Agree. Five sacks the last three games. Didn't, As you mentioned, Dwayne Haskins, they didn't, they didn't sack him at all until, I guess, Final the last play. play of the game when they were throwing a Hail Mary. Two sacks in each of the last, uh, in each of the other two games against Dallas and then against the Giants. Yeah, Dak had a lot of time, I felt like. And the one sack that they got on Eli, Vinny Carey like, breathed on Eli and he fell down. Yeah. <laughs> You know, they really haven't uh, generated as much pressure as you'd like to see. I will say for the pass rush is that in the past, when the Eagles have needed them to step up in big games, they have been able to rush. do that. Oh, did, I say, did I say in the past? No, I was just making oh, a bad pun. Oh, pass rush. Got you it. said yeah, okay. in the past. <laughs> okay. So you're talking about the pass rush. In the anyway. pass rush, they, uh, yeah, they have stepped up in, in games when they kind of needed them to. I think my guy... BLG, Brandon Lee Graham, of course, needs a big game this week. He hasn't had a sack since week 12, so I feel like he's due. And you mentioned up Mike Remmers, the Giants' starting right tackle, probably not going to play in this game. He didn't practice on Thursday. And they have Nick Gates there, right? The 2018 undrafted rookie free agent signing. Yes, which playing. sounds bad on paper, but I actually did look at him a little bit. And mm-hmm. I you know, Googled him and I looked at like, what other people are saying about him. The people that are writing about him, and, and again, it's the Giants, so... You know, it's like the equivalent of saying how good Greg Ward is in comparison, maybe, to the other Eagles receivers. But they seem to like what they saw out of him in the, li- in the limited time that he's, that he's played in the NFL. He's on the injury report, though, this week with a shoulder. So I guess he'll play, but, yeah. you know, maybe he's a little bit banged up. In any case, I feel like that's the kind of matchup that BG, like, loves. Yes. You know, like, because yes. he's talking crap all game. And, like, he sees that guy as some guy that he doesn't know. So he's going to be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to, you know, just beat up on this guy all game. So he <laughs> needs right. to do that. He, he wanted, remember Brandon Graham uh, specifically said he wanted double-digit sacks this season. It's his 10th NFL season. It looked like he was going to get so. it, and then, he, and then he didn't get it. Or well, he's, he's behind. He's, he needs two and a half. He's at seven and a half. Yeah, so he, it's not impossible that he could have two and a half. It's, it's not likely. He did have three against the Jets. So, uh, so, But if he wants to do it, I mean, this is the opportunity. I think, you know, Daniel Jones is going to hold on to the ball, and I think BLG needs to make some big plays this week. You mentioned the Giants' defense being good against the run. What would you say? Yes. You were, six DVOA? Five DVOA? Yes. Sixth, yeah. And uh, you mentioned the big guys up front. What the Eagles did in that game uh, earlier this year when they were able to find some space, they ran outside. So they ran away from those guys because their corners can't tackle. I guess their, you know, their edge rushers really just aren't good across the board. But those three guys in the middle, they really do, good, they do a good job of clogging it up in there. So the Eagles tried to run outside. They were able to get some success out there. And then once they ran it outside a few times, then they were able to run inside because they loosened it up a little bit. And, you know, I think, as you mentioned before, 
What did you say the percentage chance of rain was? Was it 90? Oh, I didn't say anything about that. Oh, I thought, I don't know, why is that in my head for some reason? Anyway. I have no idea. It, it, it looks like it's going to rain this this Sunday. It's going to be, like, warm. It's supposed to be over 50, but it's going to rain. So, first of all, who do you think that benefits in this game? Giants. Think so? What's your reasoning on that? I have no idea. <laughs> I don't know. I, I have no idea. <laughs> I don't know. I'm going to say the Eagles on that. Why? For a couple of reasons. One, they've already played in a few bad weather games. Oh, I know why that. I know why. I thought. Including so against it, the Giants. I did my Eagles chat today, and that was one of the questions in the Eagles chat. That's why I had that in my What do you head. think I am? Some lowly commenter <laughs> in your chat? Oh, don't, don't get them fired up, man. No, I know. I'm kidding. <laughs> they already don't like me. It's fine. One, they've already played in a bunch of bad weather games. Notably, yeah. Buffalo was really bad. Well, the Giants, too. I think, yes, yes. I think Car- I think Carson Wentz is a bad is a better bad weather quarterback than theoretically Daniel Jones. Well, Daniel Jones did have uh, three picks in the snow against the Packers. Here's a dumb thing to Google in the middle of a uh, podcast. I'm going to look up Daniel Jones hand size. Get some mock draftable going here. Yeah, maybe that's maybe that's a reason for his uh, fumbles too. I don't know. His he's hands, a big guy his though. His hands are fine. They're... Yeah, he, and he's like a big guy, so I think it's just... <laughs> that'd be a bad for a drop. His hands are fine. <laughs> Nine and three quarters, which is, uh, that's fine. It's 61st uh, percentile for quarterbacks. That's the same thing with Carson Wentz. Like, Carson Wentz does not have tiny hands, but he just fumbles a lot. Yeah. But, I, I, again, I think Carson Wentz is a better bad weather quarterback because of his arm mm-hmm. strength, which Daniel Jones, it's not that Daniel Jones has a bad arm, but he doesn't have the type of arm strength that Carson Wentz does. And then I think the Eagles, um, the, as we mentioned, the Giants do a good job stopping the run. But I think the Eagles do a better job of stopping the run. Really, the only guy that's hurt them this year, well, two guys, I guess. But the, the one lead back that's hurt them was Zeke earlier in the year. And then Rashad Penny had a long run against them. But other than that, they pretty much shut down opposing running backs. So if it does turn into sort of an ugly, you know, run it kind of game, even with Saquon Barkley, I do believe the Eagles have theoretically a better chance to run the ball against them. How do you feel about Rizul Douglas being the guy to replace Ronald Darby? I've seen some fan ire. About Sydney not playing? Yeah, and yeah. I actually, I, I put up a poll on uh, Blue and Green Nation this week because I feel like I saw a lot of pro-Sydney sentiment. And I get it in the sense of like yeah. he's made a couple big plays, but like, okay, that's an extremely small sample size. <laughs> like, it's kind of funny. It's, it's like how everyone hated Jalen Mills. Uh, for a while and then the Eagles corners were struggling earlier this year and it was like oh Jalen Mills is back he's like the savior all of a sudden <laughs> it's, it's, so it's, it's like someone struggles they go out of the lineup and then you kind of forget about how bad they were and then you want them back because the other guys replacing them are struggling so anyway right. so I did a poll on bleedgreennation.com who should the Eagles start in place of an injured Ronald Darby with over 3,600 people voting 52% picked Rizul Douglas okay I don't think Rizul's had a very good year you don't think? No. Hmm. There have been a lot of plays that he's been on the bad end of, and I know that a lot of those were, uh, even, I mean, even Malcolm Jenkins admitted one of them was on him. Vikings game, yeah. I, I, I worry about him, especially against a guy like Darius Slayton, who can beat you over the top. I worry about him uh, in those situations. I think the Eagles are best served in this game to kind of keep everything in front of them, and I think that's, one mm-hmm. of the, I think that's his biggest weak point. He is mm-hmm. a very good tackler, though. I think he does help, you know, on the edges if they run that way with Saquon. But um, I think that's the that's sort of the not that's not the thing you want to prioritize from your cornerback position, obviously. But uh, 
Yeah, I think the the loss of Darby doesn't hurt much because I don't think Darby was playing really well either. Obviously, agreed. So uh, you know, it's 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 potentially an upgrade because Darby was really playing terribly. Not only like giving up plays and coverage, but he can't tackle worth a crap. Specifically against Slayton, who you yes. know he gave up that that uh, touchdown to. And Slayton, by the way. Based on what I was reading over at Big Blue View, they said he was really limping in last week's game. He's on the injury report again this week, so we'll see. Oh, Slaytonus? Uh, yeah, no, they said he was, he was limited in practice, so he might play, but it sounds like he might not be. Mm. So so naturally, he'll find a way to torch Rizzle <laughs> Douglas anyway. Right. Um, but, but I don't think Rizzle will have a long leash. I think if he's struggling, they might, especially early on, they yeah, might just be. yank him. Sure. Put Sydney in. I can see and that. And watch, watch Sydney save the season again. All right. So let's uh, look ahead. Want to take a break and then yeah, look ahead? Yeah, okay. We'll take one more break and then... Back after this. Back here, BGN Radio, episode 98, for our final segment here. Jimmy, what do you want to talk about? If the Eagles do win this game, then their next if. opponent will be... Well, I mean, we have an update since the last pod. The last pod, it was either going to be the Vikings, the Seahawks, or the... 49ers. In fact, I interviewed my daughter. She predicted that it would be the Vikings. So she's already wrong about that. And uh, I locked her in the closet for three hours as a punishment. That's fair. Um, and uh, so they're on out. Christmas, too. <laughs> right. I did throw a piece of bread in there, though. So she was fine. So it'll be either be the. I'm kidding. That's not. I probably shouldn't joke about that. <laughs> no bread. Uh, anyway, uh, Vikings are no longer in that mix because they lost badly, by the way. To the Packers. Was that Monday night? That was Monday night game. Kirk night. Cousins 0 for 9 on Monday Night Football. Oof. And what they have, uh, what was it, seven first downs in that game? Something like that. So they'll either play the Seahawks or the Niners, who play each other week 17, and the loser will have to travel to Philly probably on Sunday. You know, again, with the disclaimer, if the Eagles get past the Giants. So that'll probably be on Sunday because I don't think they'll make a West Coast team travel across the country for a Saturday game. Um, so again, uh, last time we debated this, I had the order of uh, from I- most ideal to least ideal team for the Eagles to face in that round as I had it as Seahawks, Niners, Vikings. I believe you had it Niners, Seahawks, Vikings, right? Yes. So I would now I would no longer have the Vikings last. <laughs> I think after that Monday night game, I'd probably move them up a little bit. But uh, are you standing by your Niners over Seahawks call? It's really close, though, for me with the Niners and the Seahawks. Um, thinking about it more, it might go Seahawks just because of the injuries they have here now. And the fact that they re-signed Mar- Marshawn Lynch, I think, could be a very good thing for the Eagles. Because if – and I, I was thinking about it more, and I was thinking back to how the Seahawks lost in the playoffs last year to the Cowboys. And basically, if you watch that game – you'll know that they were just running the ball entirely too much and not even letting Russell Wilson throw. And they basically, like, to me, it looked like they were actively trying to lose that game. Like, I I couldn't get over how how dumb they were being. So I guess it's possible, especially with them bringing Marshawn back. Like, maybe they'll just try to force it to him entirely too much. And I love Marshawn, but uh, there's a very good chance like he's just cooked and the Eagles defense can kind of just like basically giving him the ball on any play is just a waste compared to having Russell Wilson do something with it. So if that's how it's going to be, yeah, then give me the Seahawks. Yeah, I hadn't thought of that angle where if you by bringing back Marshawn, it actually is better for whoever they're facing because they'll they'll actually they'll actually continue to run it instead of doing what they should be doing all along, which is putting the ball in Russell Wilson's hand. Russell Wilson's hands. That's a good point. I hadn't thought of that. But they're just so banged up. I mean, forget the running back position. Left tackle is out probably for that week. Their center's out for the year. 
their two best offensive linemen right there is Dwayne Brown and Justin Britt. And um, their already bad offensive line is significantly worse with those two guys out. So that, that I mean, that, that team is uh, is ripe for the picking, in my opinion. Although, as you always point out, it's still Russell Wilson. <laughs> so, like, it's kind of a big deal. Whereas the Niners have old Jimmy G. So I'll keep it Seahawks-Niners. You're still keeping it slim lead Niners over Seahawks? I'll say Seahawks-Niners, but again, it's slim. Uh, other stuff. The last time the Eagles and Giants played, and I didn't hear any of this, I don't think <sighs> you did either because we were at the game, but all the Book of Eli stuff. <laughs> oh, give me a break. <laughs> by uh, Nestler and Bugger. I didn't hear it, so I don't know how bad it was, but... There's just been like a, a storm of Eli articles coming out this week about how great mm-hmm. he is. <laughs> and it's, it's what, the, again, we're, we're, we're recording on uh, Thursday. We're still three days from the game. He's not even playing. He's not even going to play <laughs> in this game. Come on. Yeah, has he even said he's retiring or something like that? No, he hasn't. So, like, what is all this shit? It's, sorry. Sorry, Michael. <laughs> but, like, what is, what is all this? I was ranting about Eli Manning to myself out loud, just to kind of give you into a view, I guess, how I'm a crazy person here recently, because I was I was thinking about it, and I was like, and Jimmy, this is something I talk to you a lot about, and we talk about it, like, just the way Eli Manning's career has finished, like, the fact that it's gone from being so bad, the fact that, like, when Eli was having success in his career, the argument by his detractors was like, he's not as good as this makes it out to be. Like, these Super Bowl runs are fluky. You know, some like, Giants fans will be a laugh at that, of course, because they're Super Bowl runs. But I think the way he struggled so much after those Super Bowl wins just entirely proves how right we were about that yeah. and how, how he was never that great all along. And, like, because if he was, then your argument is that he was and then he just totally fell off. Or, well, so what's more likely? That happened or the argument that he just was never really that good all along and he's been made out better than he really is to be. I think that one's a little bit more likely. So since 2013, seven seasons, he has had one winning record <laughs> in those seven seasons. There's one year. No doubt about it, Hall of Famer. <laughs> they went 11-5 and five one year. Otherwise, they went 7-9, and 6-10, 6-10. That was, that was based 10. on the defense, too. The defense was really good that year. <laughs> yes. That was the one uh, good. That was what was that McAdoo's first year? Yeah, and they played a garbage schedule too. They were playing like terrible teams every week. They got their asses kicked in the playoffs. But was it yeah. was it Green Bay that beat them? Yep. There was a big hit on the sideline on somebody. I don't remember. That was after the boat. Oh, Odell Beckham yeah. on the boat. <laughs> right. Ever since that boat trip, the Giants franchise really fell apart. But seven seven and nine in twenty thirteen, and six and ten, six and ten, and that eleven and five season, three and twelve. Uh, yeah, I guess he didn't play one of the. Oh, the the one the one game he got benched, and then that cost Ben McAdoo his job. Uh, five <laughs> f- five and eleven, and then one and three this year. So you know what that record adds up to? Tell me. Thirty nine and sixty. <laughs> He's twenty one games under five hundred the last seven years. Amazing. I mean, come on. Hundred ints in, in those uh in in those games, by the way, on the nose. Love it. You had a good question about the future, Jimmy. Future of the Giants. Oh, yes. So, uh, if you're an Eagles fan, I'll pose you this question. Okay. If you're a Giants fan, would you want them to win or lose this game? And I'll, I'll give you the you know the pros and cons of each. So, they're currently, at the season end of the day, they'd be picking fourth. If they, if, you know, your, if your team loses, you can pick as high as number two. But that requires 
uh, either the Lions and or Washington to win, both of which are unlikely. But you're 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 locked in at four if you lose. At 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 worst, you're four. If you win, if you beat the you know if you beat the team that owns you in the Eagles, you ruin their season, but you fall as low as seventh to the draft order. So what's 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 more important to you? To be uh, I mean to vindictive me... and uh, and make the team that you like. The Eagles are probably the team they hate the most. Their fans, I would think. Well, I wonder, and that that's what kind of my answer goes into because like this isn't a situation where the Eagles are trying to make a wild card spot and like the Giants can knock them out and then the Eagles aren't going to the playoffs at all. Right, because Dallas wins um, and Dallas gets in instead. Yeah, like so, so okay, Dallas. great. You sent another <laughs> division rival to the playoffs. Like, right. Is that really that much better? And there's the possibility that the, the Giants win and it's not likely, but let's say Dallas loses and then the Eagles get in the playoffs anyway. Like, okay, then you didn't even accomplish anything and you just ruined your draft position. And in they the also process. might make the argument in their heads that uh, Dallas is the team more likely to make noise in the playoffs if they get there. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, so I don't, I don't really get that if I'm a Giants fan, like I don't get how like ruining the Eagles season and then potentially saving Pat Sermer's job, like because that's a factor (laughs) right imagine that i i think it's at least possible like it's certainly not gonna like hurt him if they win like it's not it can't it can't hurt him if they win this game uh his fate already might be sealed and it should be but like if they if they lose it's i think it's almost a lock uh so yeah i if i'm a giants fan like give me chase young man well they're probably not going to get him now right i agree i'm just saying like even if they lose they're still probably going to be behind washington and detroit Right, and but just, either of those teams are sure as hell. Give me the draft, snap him up. <laughs> but yeah, but still, like fourth is still going to be a good. You're going to get still going to. I mean, you're going to get a good player at seven too, more than likely. But your chances of screwing it up are lower at four than than it is at seven. And you probably will be at seven, by the way, if you do win, because all those teams, <laughs> like at five, six, and seven, they're all garbage too. So they're probably going to lose week, you know, they're probably going to lose week 17 as well. So the Eagles are four point road favorites in this game, Jimmy. The over under is set at 45. Who do you got in this one? Uh, Well, I have the Eagles. I think they take care of business. You know, I look at that last game. I think they carry over their momentum from the second half and they carry over into this game, into this matchup. I think that game went about as badly as it possibly could have gone in the first half and they still. Pulled it out anyway. So I really like their chances to not only win, but win comfortably. So I have mm. them winning 29 to 14. Wow. A blowout win in week 17. I wouldn't say blowout. Eagles. I would say well, a decisive, comfortable. Decisive. I don't know. I'm The more I think about this, I do think the Eagles are going to win this game. I think the idea like they're going to overlook this is pretty ridiculous. Um like I've seen that sentiment out there. Yeah, it's not it's not like, a quote unquote trap game. I'm with you there. How, how do you overlook? Like you can't <laughs> overlook the, the team that took you to overtime. And it, yeah, and it's for the division. Like I don't now. If you want to say it's a letdown game because they beat Dallas, like I no, I just I don't buy into that. I will say here, the Eagles are five and eight against the spread as road favorites since the Doug Peterson Carson Wentz eras began in 2016. That is tied for the fourth worst cover percentage in the NFL. So the Eagles have not really been great as road favorites against the spread. They're six and seven straight up in those games, which is the sixth worst winning percentage. But 
The Giants are only 1-9 against the spread and straight up as home underdogs uh, since the Pat Shermer era began last year in 2018. So it's not like the Giants are these, this great underdog team at home. And obviously there's going to be a lot of Eagles fans at MetLife Stadium. Would you say more Eagles fans than Giants fans, Jimmy? Oh, for sure. Yeah, I think they, uh, especially if it's going to be raining, you know, their fans are going to be like, I'm not going to this game in the rain. That's Eagles, true. But Eagles fans will. Yes. Yeah, there's there's a playoff spot on the line. So I put up a poll again on BleedingGreenNation.com. Which bet do you like more? Eagles minus four, Giants plus four. Eagles minus four getting 75% of the vote with over 1,300 votes casted there. So, man, it's tough. I just feel like this isn't going to be a walk in the park for the Eagles. I don't think this is going to be an easy game. Maybe... It ends up being like the score, like maybe there's like a, you know, like kind of like in Washington, maybe there's like a uh, like a last play turnover thing that kind of makes it a little bit more distance than it seems. Mm. Um, but I, I think it could be tough. I think Daniel Jones could cause this team some problems. For as much as the Eagles have owned the Giants in the overall series, like some of these games have been close, as you wrote about in uh, recent history. It's not like they always blow them out. Some of these have kind of come down to the wire here. I mean, you know, you think of the Jake Elliott field goal, you think of overtime this year. Last year, the when the Eagles played in Philly, uh, they were down again, like they were this year. So, so I don't know. I, I, it's tough. Uh, I think I'm gonna take the Eagles to win. First instinct was 28 to 23, so they just cover. Okay. It's not like a, it's not a comfortable win. What what, what you said before is, uh, and you know, during their six game winning streak over the Giants, I think it's a five of them are one score games. Yeah. So yeah, I mean. Uh, that goes against <laughs> my prediction. Uh, I think I think it's comfortable win for them. I think I think they're uh, I think they're on a path now. Yeah, they're gonna, I think they're going to win comfortably, as I said. Anyway, my daughter wanted to come back on the show, so I called okay. her back in. Some final thoughts from Krista Kemsky. She's here. She, in case you missed it on the last pod, she asked for the Barbie airplane and for yes. the LOL doll ski chalet. Krista, hello. First of all, yeah. Say hi. Hi. <laughs> What did you get for Christmas? The Barbie airplane and the skate chalet. Boom! Nice. Got them both. And I'll tell you what, like, the Barbie airplane in particular, gotta say, don't care if it's not masculine or not, it's pretty cool. Nice. It's got, like, overhead bins. It's got, like, you know, all the different luggage features. Charlie's jealous. Charlie's, he wants to get in Charlie's on the podcast. The door was, like, half open. I couldn't get him. Stop. 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 Relax. <laughs> Come on, Charlie. You're almost done. So what was your favorite gift? Stop. Stop. Come on. Don't be a jerk. <laughs> what was your favorite gift? I can't decide. Come on. You got to pick one. I'm putting you on the spot. The ski chalet. All right. The ski chalet. Even though yeah. during the last pod, she said that the Barbie airplane was her number one pick for a gift. What did you get, Brandon? What was your favorite? What was your favorite gift? Well, one of my favorite gifts... I think it might be my favorite gift uh, in part because it made me laugh is my parents got me a Sixers shirt, a Sixers jersey to be specific. And could you guess, Jimmy, who is on the back of that jersey? Well, I already know you have an Embiid because that's your Facebook profile picture. Way to dox me here, Jimmy. Is, that, is that still right? <laughs> yes. Is it a current player? Yeah. Uh, Matisse. It is Al Horford. <laughs> <laughs> so I used to wear 42 in high school. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, that was my basketball number. So my parents, that's part of why. They also, because, you know, they knew he's a new player and they figured, I, you know, they knew I didn't have it. And yeah. That's so why I, I picked just thought that was funny. He's a, he's, a, he's a new guy. Yeah. I like it. 
I think it's funny. <laughs> Why is it funny? Just because like Al Horford used to be the guy like we, oh, we right, hated. hated him, yeah, like yeah. he was on Boston, and then like now he's here, and I have his jersey. Like it's it's <laughs> like I would not have guessed that this would have been the case at this time last year. So I like it. It's funny. All right, and I never would have guessed. You know, I like a gift that kind of throws you off a little bit. <laughs> right, but you open it up and you go, oh, Al Horford. Okay. <laughs> That's like on Seinfeld. Well, that makes it seem I didn't like it. I did like it. No, no, I, I, I understand. Do like it. I'm I understand. Wear it. I understand. Yeah. <laughs> who actually, who got that for you? Uh, my parents. Oh, okay. All right. Well, that's it for me. You have any final thoughts? Well, first of all, I'll say that please rate, review, subscribe, all those good things. Help keep supporting the podcast. Kiss and Soul, I have a ton of reviews in iTunes, and it's great to see. But honestly, come on. Where the where are the Jimmy and BLG reviews in the iTunes section? I'm calling you out, little I, listeners. I don't, think we, uh, I don't think we promote that enough. Yeah. So please do that. We, we want to see those in there, too. And the other thing, I'm getting the feeling, Jimmy. Like, they beat the Cowboys finally. I didn't believe they could do it until I see it could it happen. And they got to beat the Giants. But if they do, like I can just I can see this starting to materialize. Like it's there. I, I am I can envision it now. I can see the Eagles winning a home playoff game. Like I feel good about that. Like I said on the pro- podcast earlier this week. And then maybe Deshaun comes back. Yeah, Deshaun comes back, and then like all bets are off. That would be a game changer. That would be huge. That would be a like a legitimately like huge factor. Like that could change the team in a dramatic way. Like mm-hmm. At that point, for as bad as this team has been, and for as much as I think they have so many flaws and are, are far from being a Super Bowl contender, I mean, to get Deshaun back, hey, who knows? All right. So we'll talk to you here. Hold on. Any 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 final thoughts for you, Krista? Any final thoughts? No. No? Okay. No thoughts for Krista. <laughs> this has been Krista Kemsky. No final thoughts from her. Jimmy Kempsey, you can follow him on Twitter at Jimmy Kempsey. Brandon Lee Gowton, you can follow me on Twitter at Brandon Gowton. Check out Philly Voice. Check out Bleeding Green Nation. And we will talk to you next time, potentially previewing an Eagles playoff game if the Eagles beat the Giants. Bye. P-G-N.